1: ever just start thinking about old school song lyrics like I don't know if you it's been so long do you remember the song with the lyric it's been a really really messed up week
0: yeah I
1: don't um, remember
0: hot shell array
1: <laughs> thank you uh
0: tonight tonight I believe yes is the yes one. I think that was the
1: one it yo I don't I know I saw why. them in
0: concert once can you believe they have other songs <laughs>
1: Now, hold on. <laughs> everything everything you just said requires space in and of itself to breathe and also marinate. I'm yeah. sorry. Did were they headlining? No, Jesus. They were the first act in like a
0: 17 act like production. It was like a okay. festival thing. Um, okay. they were like the first ones up and like I I got there like halfway through their set and of course they did the hit that one song, but they also played other songs, which like I don't believe that they have.
1: They look like and it
0: was like Peacock Chelare like time, like it was like twenty thirteen fourteen. Yeah.
1: You know? Yeah. Okay, so that's why. Um, because one of the things that my friends and I in college used to do is like every time that we had a relationship a day, we would yeah. just come in and be like. It's been a really, really messed up week. It's like, it's Monday. <laughs> what? You just woke up. And I got a tattoo of Zach Galifianakis. My
0: God, it's been a messed up week.
1: <laughs> yep. Listen, it happens. They, I don't know that I've ever looked at this band before, Cody, but everything that I wanted to say about this podcast is now gone because this band <laughs> mm-hmm. and their like faux tribute to MCR. Oh my God. just Is I, a lot. I'm not even looking at it. A- A
0: photo of them. I just have it so burned into my memory that their hair, like all of their hair, (laughs) it's just
1: magical. They're just twinks, and I don't know. They're little emo twinks, and one of them looks a lot like Harry Styles, but in a yeah, it's a lot for me to handle. Ooh, um, so welcomed into the twilight. Um, it's already been a really, really messed up week, and it's Monday morning when you're listening to this, so welcome. Uh, Cody, how the hell are you doing? I'm alright. You know, I'm in that, I'm officially
0: in my last week of undergrad. By the time this comes out, I will be done with undergrad.
1: That's fucking wild. Yeah. Shut your mouth. So that's
0: weird. I'm in a weird, uh, nebulous state right now, so that's fun.
1: Welcome. Welcome to the
0: space. (laughs) Welcome to... I mean, I'm always in a nebulous state, but it's like... That's true. You know what I
1: mean? It's just like aggro nebula. (laughs) When I think about your mind palace, which I try not to do because it gives me an existential crisis, it... All I can imagine is... I, and this is a deep cut, so I apologize. But the the Disney Channel original movie, like, My Stepsister from Planet Weird, or whatever oh, the fuck, where God. people are just, like, living in bubbles, like, that's what I imagine your mind palace is like. It's just, like, very... It's just a lot to him. Yeah,
0: in. no, that checks out.
1: Yeah. Do you remember that movie? Were you no, alive when that movie I- came out? <laughs> I'm seven years old, what's up? <laughs> uh, no, I do remember... It, I don't remember anything about it. That's fair. It came out 19 years ago, so I feel like a fucking Crypt Keeper right now. Yeah. Um, (laughs)
0: Allie is 45 (laughs) years old.
1: (laughs) Me, every time I try to make a reference with one of my students. I Okay, so I've been trying to do this thing. It's one of my attempts to have small joy while I teach. Um, I love my job. Sure. (laughs) Um, (laughs) and, And so one of the things I do is I add GIFs to my PowerPoints. Yeah, because your are being relatable. Because <laughs> I'm like, relate to the teens. Um, and so I do it mainly as like a a way to check in with students and be like, this is a pop culture reference. What TV show is this from? Yeah. Um, and it's an attempt to make them feel like uncultured swines, as they are. Uh, so yesterday I showed them a GIF from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and I was like, what is this? And I had, someone was like, Riverdale. Another <laughs> was like, Law and <laughs> Order. <laughs> Another was like, saying all this, bull- oh, that was like, The Vampire Diaries and Twilight and stuff. And I was like, y'all, I gotta go.
0: <laughs> Listen, I appreciate that you're trying to give the kids culture, you know? But you also I do. can't call them uncultured swans if they haven't been alive enough, long enough to absorb culture.
1: <laughs> <laughs> They're just absorbing the wrong culture at the moment.
0: They're absorbing the culture that is relevant to them at this moment, <laughs> and that is coming
1: out in their time frame. It's just hard to be able to hashtag relate to the teens when Listen, I get it. There's Steve Buscemi holding a skateboard. I get it. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> it just it hurts my soul sometimes when I put a gif on a slide from the Dead Poet Society and they don't know what the Dead Poet Society is. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're yeah, like, yeah. oh, that's the guy from Flubber. It's like, no, that's not what they said. That's what I would have said. But it's like, that's just Robin Williams in a bio." And I was like, no, that's not in a biopic, sir. Um, anyways, I sound like an old man. And that's fine. Yeah, but that's like who you are spiritually, you know? True. You're not wrong. You are not wrong. We have so much to talk about today.
0: That's true.
1: Uh. And I'm incredibly excited, but right off the bat, and we, I didn't even put this in our current events section because it truly is an announcement as well as a check-in for both of us. Um, I thought that we talked about this last week, but we did not. The iconic and most important thing that happened in our cultural bubbles recently.
0: Oh my God. Cody, can you do me the honor? Can I, physically and emotionally? I can't say, but I'm gonna try. <laughs> I wish you would. Janelle Monet and Kristen Stewart <laughs> went to a basketball game together, <laughs> and they sat together, and they there were so many photos of them, like, fully dressed to the nines, and, like, it happened so fast, and also it was my whole timeline forever for a long time, and it was beautiful. And it hurts to think about sometimes.
1: But it's just so important it to is. me. It is. Like, right now I'm looking at an article from BuzzFeed, and the title of it literally says, Kristen Stewart and Janelle Monet sitting next to each other will make your queer body tremble.
0: Yeah. And,
1: I mean, they're not wrong. Yeah. It's just a look to dress up in your best self and then do them sports you know what i mean butch legends (laughs) (laughs) butch queens (laughs) i love it and i want it blown up i want it on poster size allow me to have merch as soon as possible yes please
0: i want a full painting of it in my oh my god
1: yes thank you that sounds amazing. Um, and it also makes me want them to star in a movie together very badly. Oh, my God.
0: Ocean's 17. Let's go.
1: <laughs> yes. Well, one of the things... I, Chris and I have this conspiracy theory that Janelle Monet's agent hates her uh-huh. because of the fact that all the movies that she's done are trash. <laughs> yeah. No, the movies are bad. And so I feel like every time that her agent it's a suggestion they're like oh yeah yeah, yeah. Cool, cool cool another movie great whereas if we could just pair janelle with kristen what amazing things would come out of it Gee, cast her
0: in that gay christmas movie i swan would give <laughs>
1: can you imagine janelle as santa claus oh my god <laughs> <laughs> or like the angel on the tree honestly yeah that's fair um So, we do have some current events here. And by current, we mean, yeah, sort of, current. (laughs) Um, Yeah. One of the ones is, like, basically a follow-up to a poll we looked at semi-recently. It was about the Great American Personality Quiz. And we talked about, like, Team Edward versus Team Jacob. It's still a relevant question that happens now. Can you believe I can. I can so much. And so what Insider did is they took this data and kind of analyzed it in more of a micro fashion of saying that from the people that voted Team Iver, Team Jacob, we now have it broke down among the generations. The one that they're talking about here, though, I guess, is that Gen Z is the only one that was like Team Jacob for real, though, <laughs> for always.
0: Listen, I'm not here to claim my people, <laughs> I
1: don't,
0: that's not, it's, it's close, but it's still too much, you know?
1: It is. It's still quite close. I think, I, numbers are hard, but I feel like the biggest disparity between them is the baby boomers, mm-hmm. just from looking at this, they were very pro Team yeah. Edward, old man, for I, sure.
0: I can't imagine how many baby boomers actually answered that question. <laughs>
1: How many just lied about their age, though? Right. Yeah. Right. True. Um, but yes, what I love about that is so they they analyze this data and they were like, all right, the people that vote for Team Jacob are most likely to be Gen Z. They're most likely to be an ENFJ, and I was like, all right, fuck you, first of all. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it also is like they're more likely to be a Monica than a Rachel, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna click off this right now. Yeah. I feel exposed. Um. And then it also said from the data that they are more likely to be a Slytherin as well from their um, their house. And so I found that very interesting. That if you are a Gen Z listening to this pod, you love Jacob while well knowing he's trash, you are an ENFJ, a Monica rather than a Rachel, and a Slytherin, let us know. Because I'm very curious at this point.
0: Hell yeah, Slytherin, let's go.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> um... It's, it's just very good. It's very important to me. Yeah. Let's see here. We have another one about this upcoming teaser trailer from The Rook. Which fickle seems fish. Just fickle <laughs> We're fish films. Back. We're back. Tell me more.
0: Um, The Rook. <laughs> yes. Supernatural spy thriller. Also, Olivia Munn is in it, which is like bananas but that's fine it's Um, a lot it's it's the newest of the uh book to movie fickle fish canon (laughs) or book to like media or whatever yes um there's not a lot that we know about it and I have not watched this trailer so I really my judgment here is not great
1: I mean it's a teaser right right so it's just like very spooky
0: thriller like you know typical kind of fickle fish Stephanie type shit, you know.
1: Yes. Speaking of very Stephanie Meyer type shit, I'm currently on the Fickle Fish Films Twitter account right now. Oh my God. <laughs> um and as of yesterday, yeah. Fickle Fish Films decided to share <laughs> this fucking like m- fanfic like photo edit basically that has the from the eclipse tent scene with Mm. some of the text quote on top of it from the book and then the actual tweet says jacob understands the value of shooting your shot when the perfect opportunity presents itself so in case you were curious (laughs) also the font they chose for this pic this
0: whole thing is so bananas
1: in case you were curious, Stephanie Meyer or someone on her team knows what shooting, shooting your shot means. your <laughs>
0: shot? God, could you imagine Twilight now and Jacob just, like, sliding into Belle's DMs, like, all the time? It's like, Jacob, stop. <laughs> just leave me alone. Oh, my God. I'm just trying to shoot my shot, babe. Like, no. Oh, my God. Leave me alone. Mike Newton would also slide into the DMs. So that's real.
1: Mike Newton's Instagram would be the exact, like... I just had to do it to a meme all the time. Yeah. And it just naturally
0: feels like his hands would just go there.
1: I know. (laughs) That's just where they go. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I believe it. I'm just, yeah, I'm just imagining Twilight happening in the age of Instagram mainly. Because just imagine Bella's Instagram during New Moon, like once Edward left. Just, like, just fucking.
0: A- <laughs> Her finsta? Oh, my God. Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> Bella's finsta, though. Uh, <laughs> Talk about a freak in the sheets, you know what I mean? Oh, my God. That would be a horny finsta. Oh, she would for, just be like.
0: For sure. <laughs> for sure, the horniest place on the internet.
1: Yep. I All I want is to see Bella's finsta when she's just fucking yelling about edward like yeah. this motherfucker is watching me sleep at night but won't go down on me he wants to save me for marriage oh bullshit yeah just trying it's to very get good. that dick you know what i mean that's all i'm saying can you imagine charlie having an instagram though oh, that'd be pure just baby. a lot of fish <laughs> he i don't think he would have he would have an Instagram
0: like that, or he wouldn't have an Instagram. It'd just be, like, a very lively Facebook, where you like, just post so many photos, like, every photo on his camera roll in one album, and it's like, hello, oh my
1: look, hi, I Facebook, this is what I did today, and it's just, like, the same photo 40 times. What I'm imagining is more likely, Charlie would have an Instagram, no posts on it, would just use it to like Bella's photos. Yeah. And she'd be like, God, Dad, like, stop. Oh. yeah this imagining this gives me a lot of joy that i like a lot yeah the last thing that i want to talk about briefly is this buzzfeed piece which is 29 items that actors actually stole from tv or movie sets Ooh. the reason why this ended up in our inbox was because of number four which talks about case two i just love the fact that there were probably more mementos than this than she actually took, but that yeah. she s- fucking swiped the engagement ring. Swiped. <laughs> and just fucking was like, "Oop!" to the mood ring, too. Like, all I want is jewelry. Everything else can go to hell.
0: Yeah.
1: I love that a lot.
0: We also have a Fifty Shades of Grey moment in this yep. case, Where Dakota Johnson just stole... Like, Anastasia's underwear, which I guess, like, if you're just wearing it, like, that's your underwear now. That's your uh, underwear. (laughs) You legally, that's yours legally now. (laughs) What are they gonna do, give it to someone else? No, thank you.
1: Yeah, it wasn't like fucking Jamie Dornan stole Dakota Johnson's underwear and smelled it like Joe (laughs) does. Like, (laughs) it's just, she took the underwear that was rightfully hers. That's hers. She earned that underwear. (laughs) Yeah. So, I like that. Hell yeah. Uh, We have some very good questions. The first one. We do. Is one that you pulled from SoundCloud. Would you like to do the honors?
0: Sure. Um, I always forget that people comment things on SoundCloud, but boy, we get some gems sometimes. Uh, So someone brought up the Umbrella Academy said, the Umbrella Academy had such potential and I feel like they squandered all of it. I haven't hated a show so much since the finale of Dexter. To be more on topic, however, would you actually recommend watching you or is it just hate watch worthy?
1: Okay, there's so much to unpack here. For sure. Um, I agree about the Umbrella Academy. Yeah. It doesn't mean I didn't watch it still. Sure.
0: That's your
1: right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and, you know, like, I can see as many people talk about how much they like or don't like it, but they're not my opinion, so. Um, but, yes, I agree. I haven't watched Dexter, but I know that the last season is, like, awful, so I get you. Um, would I recommend watching you? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. No, please watch something else. Go watch Terrace House. Yeah, watch Terrace
0: House. Oh my god. I need to get back into the Terrace House grind because I just need some joy and comfort.
1: Watch Terrace House or watch... um, This is on Amazon. Mm -hmm. Um, Amazon Video to Watch is a show called Documental. It's a Japanese comedy show that's fucking hilarious. And all I want... Like, if I could pitch a show, it would be... And I I found out about this because of fucking Justin, but... um, what I would want is that version of that show, like, in America, basically. But it's very good. You don't need to understand Japanese to understand it, because, like, Lord knows I don't. <laughs> uh, I just don't. Like, I don't. It's yeah, just, no, that's... I'm
0: not expecting... I'm not holding you to that standard.
1: What? Like, I have $100,000 in debt from, no. like, going to college? You think I learned Japanese while I was there? No. Come no, on. No, I read about old dead white guys. Um... Oh, God, the cops, they know. <laughs> um, okay, this next question is, um, if you, oh, this is interesting. If you could do anything, if you could do anything about your podcast over certain episodes, general format, etc., what would it be? Also, how are we doing and what's due? Oh. I love this question. This is
0: a great question.
1: I love getting questions we haven't gotten before.
0: Yeah, um...
1: Hmm. Hmm. I think one thing that we had briefly talked about at the beginning yeah. was doing this show one, uh, do starting with Twilight as one chapter per episode. Yeah, and I feel like there could have been Ben I'm just fucking. Ch- throwing these out here as thoughts now um i feel like there could have been benefit to that but i feel like we would still be reading twilight at this point right we would never
0: fucking end yeah i think i think two ended up being good um i don't know like i feel like everything that i i have had problems with like looking back it's just kind of like they're not super huge things and they're just like yeah you know it all worked out and it's fine now we did a good thing now
1: yeah i agree i feel like Honestly, if I could do anything over, I would I would just have the foresight to, I don't know, buy better audio equipment. But, like, how do you do that when you aren't making money from a show? Right,
0: exactly. Like, all these things are kind of understandable. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, I think it's definitely just been a, a learning curve. Um, the other thing, too, would be learning how to not talk over someone when you can't see their mouth moving. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm bad at that now still. Yeah, it is. When I talk to other people, and I think we've done this too, but when we talk to other people about how they record podcasts, I realize more and more that the way that we record is incredibly unique mm-hmm. and, and it doesn't seem to happen very often. And so the challenge becomes, how do you, one, have a dialogue, but two, make it somewhat comedic when right. there's no one in front of me having body language or mm-hmm. cues for that too, yeah. So, but again, that's just that's just how we roll, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> we made it work. Yeah, yeah. I let. I mean, it works for us now. I would say.
0: Yeah. Um, and we'll never meet ever.
1: No, no. As I, still is the have, <laughs> I still
0: have. I
1: still have no prophecy. idea what. Cody looks like in person um and I never (laughs) will no um I still stand by the fact that if there was ever a time where we did a live show we would have to do it between one of those like clothing fucking dividers yeah like the room divider (laughs) yes (laughs) Yeah. yeah there's no way I could fucking look you in the eyes no way it's like that TLC show where people uh, meet for the first time when they're getting married, except for that it's platonic and we podcast instead.
0: Podcast house at first sight.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, that's what I'm saying.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, this last one is an email that we got, and it's so important to me. Um, please don't look at the photo yet. That's all I ask. Okay. Okay. So we got this email from a person that I will not name. Do you want a name? Pay us money. Oh my god. We have a patron. Okay, this email goes a little like this. Hey there, wonderful people. I stumbled onto the podcast about a month ago, and I'm currently on episode 89. Once I catch up, I'll become a Patreon, promise. You, you don't, but that's nice. Um, you can, I'm not going to say no to money. Okay, well, anyway, this delightful podcast has been digging up some memories from my Hard days, and today, out of the blue, I remembered this. I live in a small town in Michigan, and every week my local paper publishes pictures and stats of newborn babies. About six years ago, I came across this name and was filled with glee. However, no one else seemed to care about what these parents did to their child. I just thought I'd share with some folks who might appreciate this picture as much as I did. I kept it on my computer for a reason. For six years. So, if you could please, at this point, expand this photo. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Her name is Renezme. Yep. Renezme
0: Lucia. The fuck. I mean, that sounds good, but boy, it does. does it suck.
1: You it's can't awful. just name your kid Renezme. Nope. Especially when the parents here, and like, God bless them. Um, I'm thankful that <laughs> this person- Do we have to bless them? No, no. Uh, Stephanie blessed them, I guess. Um, oh, yes. Their names are, the parents' names are Edwin whoop, and Crystal. <laughs> so if those aren't Twihards, I don't know who is. <laughs> Here's another Buckwild thing. That baby that you're looking at is almost six years old now.
0: Wow. I hope
1: she's all right. Yeah, I hope she goes by Renee now. Or Lucia, honestly.
0: I hope she goes by as as, (laughs) Sme. As
1: as Sme. No, just (laughs) Sme. Just Sme, okay. Or (laughs) Smee. Just Smee. Yeah, I can respect that. I love that a lot. Um, These are the kind of emails that I personally live for with our show. Uh, I love the idea that we are digging up. And like unlocking memories for people, please always send that stuff in. It's never not important to me. Okay, I really don't want to talk about this episode, but we have to. Do we have to?
0: No, we have to.
1: All right. Okay. We are contractually
0: obligated, but I don't want to either.
1: Okay. Um, What if this is just a fucking long con to promote you the television show?
0: Hi, what's up everyone?
1: I'm the showrunner of you. Oh my god. It's, so this episode yeah. sucks, right? It's okay. Top <laughs> to bottom is awful.
0: Like, I know we say this every week. About everything. And, and this show and this show specifically has been a journey these past few weeks. But this one made me physically angry. Like I was so mad. Yes, I agree. Watching
1: this last night. I'm, like, literally cracking my knuckles because I'm about to fight. Like, I'm so pissed right now. Um, Yeah, so last week when we left off, Beck was still at that, like, Ren Festival or whatever. um, And things were weird, but seemed fine. Like, Peach was still on his trail about, like, Ozma of Oz and stuff like that. But then so, like, so much happens in this episode that I don't even know where to start other than the fact that like they're they're still in their quote like honeymoon phase of dating Mm -hmm. Joe and Beck are like doing the thing they're trying to be all like cuddly and cute and then like as soon as Beck goes to pee after sex he like is sniffing her underwear and checking her phone like it's the worst (laughs) I don't I don't get it I think one of the things that fucks me up about this too is that Beck still hasn't met anyone from Joe's life. And that doesn't yeah. seem to be a concern for her.
0: No, she's like, this is fine. And he has this very romantic, like, morning routine with her or whatever. They're just, like, hanging out and they're, like, taking showers and, you know, making breakfast or whatever. And he's like, oh, but the worst part of my mornings is that they always end. Ugh. And it's like, y'all don't live together. Like, no. y'all are hanging out and staying the night a few times or whatever. And that's cool, I guess. Live your dreams. And that's fine. But, like, you, she still has no idea about anything about you.
1: You know what I mean? Wait.
0: And she's just like, this is fine. This is a relationship. It's like, what?
1: Yeah, they're just fucking. And he thinks that they're, like, married at this point. yeah. Which is wild. I think what I find weird is the fact that Joe, and I guess it's not weird, but Joe finds it so weird that Peach is on to him about, like, everything. And it's like, yeah, Joe, you're being weird, and you stole stuff. So, like, I don't understand what you want from us at this point. Yeah, it's, Uh, I hate it. Yeah. One of the things is he's also, like, critiquing her friends a lot in this episode. So, from the fact of, like, him talking about the them drinking, quote, like, skinny girl drinks, whatever that even is. Um, <sighs> to, like, when Annika goes to the bookstore, which, like, I need to pause and talk about for a second. It's a mood that <laughs> she comes in in this, like, gorgeous dress... And is, like, dressed up, not to the nines, but, like, is very much, like, Instagram dressed up, I would say. And comes into the store and is, like, um, I don't understand, like, what's going on here. (laughs) "Ah." And then she just is, like, flexing about how much she gets paid on Instagram. Oh, my God. Which she's just... so perfect. I love her. (laughs) The idea that I could... Or that there are people that get paid $12,000 for a selfie in glasses is... it I can't relate.
0: What a life, you know? Agreed. And uh, Joe is like, well, this is an opportunity to fuck up some shit, huh?
1: <laughs> yeah, so expand on that more, because I'm very curious on how you felt about this part.
0: Oh, so... He, she's, like, going through old, like, Facebook photos and stuff and finds this photo of her... And Peach, uh, looking is like a throwback. It's very old, and they both look kind of like you know, young and dumb and silly or whatever.
1: Yeah, and, they look very college. I would. Yeah, say. it's a
0: very collegey kind of like party photo or whatever. And Joe is like, oh, you should put that on the gram. <laughs> <laughs> you should. Rinse to that, you know what I mean? And she's like, oh, no, 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 I could never. Peach doesn't have a Facebook. This, it's, like, an ugly photo. Like, I'm not going to do that. And then he's like, oh, do you let Peach tell you everything? Like, what you can and can't post? And she's like, no, uh, I can do... You know what? It is cute. I am going to post it. It's <laughs> <laughs> so easily swayed by, by Joe's stupid manipulation.
1: Especially because of the fact that it seems like he chose it specifically because... That photo, Peach hadn't had a nose job yet. Like her face is different. And so he's doing it specifically to like shame her and embarrass her. Expose her, yeah. Yeah, which is gross. (sighs) And what I found not hilarious, but like unsurprising, I guess, is that of course Annika gets traction on this photo. But then Peach is awful at coming up with, like, troll usernames. <laughs> so when she is revealing and, like, quote, exposing Annika yeah. from this video, she does it on a name that, like, basically rhymes with her own. <laughs> and just, like, shares this video of Annika in college, like, drunk and being racist. Yeah. Um, And it's just like, okay. <laughs> cool. It's not good (laughs) it's really not yeah and every time joe is just like
0: "Ugh, you know casual racism it's like no i think this is
1: no it's uh it's just it's just racism i don't know
0: racism
1: yep but you know whatever joe yes exactly um what i found wild about all of this is During this part, like, before Beck finds out about Annika, um, Mm -hmm. and, like, the aftermath of this video, Joe and her, I'm so bored by it already, um, (laughs) are supposed to go on this horse-drawn carriage date, and one, that's wild, and two, who has the money for this from either of them is my Mm -hmm. question. Anyways, it doesn't end up working because Annika calls and, like, Beck doesn't go to the date or whatever. But one of the things that is also something worth talking about as far as, like, Beck and not realizing things is she wrote that, like, one good piece. I think it was last episode um, about her dad. And now suddenly her advisor is like, I'm going to hook you up with all these literary people I know. You're going to start writing essays. Like, that's not how... No. This works. And she's uh, also
0: like, "Oh, we don't want to be like a magazine writer, right?" Like, you know, that's fine and Annika's cool that she does that, but like, really? And it's like, "Motherfucker, do you know the magazine industry in New York City? That shit is the most cutthroat industry in the fucking world." Right. The fact that she's like, "Oh, you know, I mean, you could do that, or you could write the novel that you've been dreaming of doing your whole life. It's like, that's not a comparison. <laughs> it's not.
1: Yeah, those are two completely different like, things. Oh, you're
0: just writing little listicles, little articles. It's like, no, uh, no I should. Have you heard of The New Yorker <laughs> and The Cut <laughs> and New York Magazine? Have and you every read other a magazine, magazine ever. <laughs> Have you read a magazine? Peach. <laughs> read, I guess Peach. is my question. Peach! I'm gonna get you a New Yorker tote and I'm gonna sign you up for a free trial <laughs> of some magazines. Is that cool? What
1: seemed so weird actually oh, I got um, so weird to me about that comment from her too is that she's supposed to be an interior designer, right? Mm. Like, that where I learned the most about interior design growing up was from magazines. True. And that's like what the, like the market is cornered there, yeah. So how are you just going to be like, oh yeah, magazine? It's not worth it. Nah. Definitely start your Dying own blog. industry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That'll do dead.
1: it. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was incredibly wild. Um, yeah. So while be is having this conversation with Beck, she tries to set her up with again the fakest name of forever Mr. Roger Stevens (laughs) and have you heard a white man before (laughs) have you heard of have you heard of an untrustworthy person with two first names have Uh, you ever heard
0: of a name that you would never be alone with in a limo before
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay but for real though (laughs) that limo scene was awful oh Oh my God. god okay so before we get to that, though, yeah, the, um, cool. the fucking party that they set up for it um, is awful. Oh, I also forgot to talk about the fact that Joe's being a creep. Um, right. So he starts to, like, follow Peach. And he, like, goes in and starts, like, looking at all our information, which he's done before. um. And, like, while at the party. But he, like, goes in and looks for her stuff. He, this is when he steals the laptop, too, right? Yes, yeah. I feel like that was when he did it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, But he also starts to, like, follow her while she's running. hmm And I think this was my favorite scene of this whole episode. Just because the fact that he could not do... He yeah, he's not, very bad at running. <laughs> he has never run in his whole life before. He's not
0: good at running. But, like, while he's kind of creeping on peach he starts to build this narrative right of yeah that that peach is kind of like peach's the stalker right and this gets more in depth at the end of the episode but like in this moment um he's like looking at her laptop and is like trying to figure out the password um and (laughs) she tries he tries first by doing uh her dog name that she got that he got from annika and that doesn't work and then he has this flashback of Peach just saying Beckalicious all the time, and he's like, that's it. <laughs> it's the That castle. has to be it. Of course, and it is. And he's like, alright, that's interesting, I'm keeping that in the back of my brain. And he's snooping in her computer and finds, like, this hard drive folder of, like, every photo and video of Peach uh, of Beck from their entire friendship. And he's like, hmm, maybe I am not the creepy one in this scenario, <laughs> maybe I can project that
1: onto Peach. <laughs> Ugh. it's the worst it is it is awful yeah. um I loved that conversation between Joe and Anika in the coffee shop because uh-huh. Annika was like so where's Beck <laughs> <laughs> he's like no this is for us <laughs> what I can't just hang out with my girlfriend's friend alone a in the coffee shop and talk about your dog's name <laughs> and try to dish on someone you know what I mean like yeah. girls do <laughs> yeah we're just gals being pals you know <sighs> that's what I'm saying um so before they go to the party we got to talk about our obligatory Paco a bit for the episode oh, Paco poor Paco poor Paco um <laughs> Who's, when Joe comes upon him, is reading, well, looks like he's reading Wuthering Heights. Yeah. But he's actually reading Twilight, basically. He's reading this, like, supernatural book inside. Um, yeah. And by supernatural, I mean, like, it's a book about how to, like, get away with murder. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish it was Twilight, though. I love that headcanon that we have for him. Yeah. Um, I think if I remember right, it was like the juvenile detention system or something like that. Um, and what I hated about this is, so Paco's like in distress, right? He, there's a lot of like abuse happening in there. I understand. Um, listen, Paco, I got you. I understand. Paco. <laughs> um, but instead of like the only thing that Joe does for him is just like recommend things through books and also like share his opinions about women through them. And so he's like here's what I recommend for you my son. I mean um and, <laughs> and he's like here my favorite tale the count of money crisco. Um did I say crisco?
0: <laughs> my
1: favorite <laughs> book,
0: the count of money crisco. <laughs> Listen, it's been a day. Leave me alone. You know when it's like the Spanish Inquisition, but also you got to make sure your pants are all. It's a really out.
1: slippy <laughs> Inquisition.
0: You know <laughs> what I mean? A slippy Inquisition is the name of my memoir. <laughs> my life has been a slippy Inquisition.
1: Just a a lard filled (laughs) Spanish mess, you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) I haven't thought about Crisco in years. (laughs) What's Crisco up to? Can they sponsor the podcast? Oh my god. Hey folks, this is just a a tip for me to you. Don't trust shelf stable fake butter. That's just lard. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, um, I can't so, believe it's not butter. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Holy shit. Okay. So, this party for Roger Stevens or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Is wild. It's full of betrayal and weird things.
0: Yeah.
1: As usual. Um, what I love is so Peach, as usual, is always like calling Joe Joseph, which is, I love it. <laughs> Joseph. Um, it's just, it's so petty, and I love it a lot. Um, but he doesn't really I, comment
0: on it anymore. He's like, "Fucking whatever." I guess.
1: <laughs> One of my favorite things about this is she walks into Mooney's for the first time and is like, "Joseph, I hate this place. It's pale and it's flaccid, just like you." Okay, bye. <laughs> it's like, whoa, beach. Damn. Why do they Bars. give you the best lines? <laughs>
0: Peach just curb stomped you in your own workplace. <laughs> Get Where are you going to go to cry?
1: <laughs> what, your fucking uh. murder book chamber? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Which is basically what he does. The most important thing, I guess, to know about this scene, if you're not watching it, and I really hope that you're not, um, is, and I think that, no, this is the part where Joe steals the laptop. That's right. Because of the fact that she's busy smooching with Roger Stevens to help yeah. set up Beck. While also being like, hey, just so you know, like, let her down easy and stuff. Because uh, this is still, like, a fake thing. Right. But, of course, Beck doesn't know that. Um, and so that was the time when, apparently, Joe thought it was a good idea to steal her laptop. My question about that, Why? Why? Did Peach bring her laptop to begin with? That's a great question. Because that does not seem practical. No. And so I don't understand it.
0: I can't imagine her carrying around, like, a bag that would fit a laptop.
1: You know what I mean? Me either.
0: Like, she has, like, everything she needs just in, like, a little pouch or her pockets, and everything's great. And she's ready to go. A nice little handbag. Yes. And it's
1: great. Definitely not something that, like, could fit a laptop. No. I don't
0: yeah peach although she should just roll up to places in like a briefcase
1: <laughs> <laughs> that would be a mood for just sure business i mean that's what she's supposed to be but like i yeah i don't I want to see it i want to so see do I.
0: business peach i want to see so her I. making connections i want to see her doing her job
1: same just a day in life now yeah. one thing i put on here um i put a screen cap of a a vulture recap from this episode. Mm -hmm. And I found it by searching you. um, I keep wanting to say us um, (laughs) and Bella Swan and this came up. And so this reviewer whose name is Jessica Goldstein um, says that Beck in in their opinion is, has the quote Bella Swan syndrome. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to talk about this because just because Ben goes to say, quote, when a female character is aggressively unremarkable, but somehow everyone else in the story is infatuated with her and fights over her constantly. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to get your thoughts on that. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I think that's definitely applicable here, right? We see Beck has not given us anything about her to root for. Agreed. In general. Like she wants to be a writer, but she never fucking writes, and she's just like so passive about it, and doesn't really seem motivated to do anything. While she, even though she's given so many opportunities to at least try and succeed, right? Yes, there's obviously a lot of luck and whatever involved, but like in general, she's given opportunities that she often does not take. Yes, Um, and we are trying to get you know some sort of semblance of her personality and her backstory with her family and her dad but like it just feels kind of empty when her personality just as a whole is just kind of lackluster and just isn't anything special and also compared to like everyone being obsessed with her right joe's obsessed with her peach is obsessed with her all of her friends are like somewhat obsessed with her and it's like why
1: and yeah, yes. and we don't know why. And we're given no reason to believe it like they do. Right. Um, I think one of the things I find interesting about this is this idea. Because it's it's quite different from this, like, the Manic Pixie Dream Girl, right? Of, like, being someone's fantasy. Right. Because um, it almost centers on, like... Well, for one, it centers on them being the center. Um, yeah. But I'm intrigued by the idea because i think when we look at 50 shades that also applies like why is everyone fighting over anna when we know literally nothing about her Mm -hmm. so i find that interesting um one thing about the um that hard drive bit when joe is looking at all this stuff Mm -hmm. he starts to continue with this narrative of, like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna make Peach the villain here so I can get off scot-free. And it definitely comes off in a tone of, like, I'm gonna make her the villain because of this, like, repressed love that she has for Beck. Um,
0: It is so gross, y'all.
1: It is. Again, so again,
0: he's jogging. (laughs) Yes! (laughs) Again, he's jogging. And he has this, you know, full monologue or whatever that he's, like, oh well he's like talking to beck in this monologue right in his head yes where he's like oh you know imagine this girl who like grew up with all these expectations and of like wealth and aristocracy and all these traditions and all these things right Mm -hmm. and what's like the biggest taboo of that you know this you know queer sexuality right and he's like, well, of course, now she is repressing it and it makes her, you know, bitter, but it also makes her super obsessive and stalkery and just totally shifts and puts everything on Peach. As if these are not, like, identical behaviors that he has been exhibiting this entire yes. time. It's, like, truly, like, the, 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 the amount of tone deafness that <laughs> is happening in this episode is astounding. It's, it's shocking. And I don't know what that's like. Just from the character of Joe's perspective, or if it's an actual, like, production understanding, misunderstanding. But, like, it's, when the show is trying to get you to like this guy so hard, and you're just, it's so unbelievable to just see the same things he's doing be rewarded from his perspective, and then those same
1: things being totally demonized from someone else. To me, it came off very much like, and I maybe I'm just assuming too much of the writers, but to me, it came off very much of like the writers being like, "Do you get it now? Do you get that like he's not, yeah, he is a psychopath, right? Um, because the fact that he's willing to vilify someone and not take responsibility for his own actions, right? But again, we don't know. I haven't seen anything talking about like the intent there. No. Okay, the last bit of this episode has a couple of, I would say, content warnings. One for suicide, the other, other is just, like, straight violent. <laughs> like, it's just, like, violence. So, know that going into it. Um, I I would probably skip ahead, like, five minutes, and you'll be good to go. Yeah. Um, so, I want to talk to you about this, like, peach-taking medicine situation. Yeah. Because... I, and again, I think this comes down to the fact of like, I can't tell if the writers are awful or if they're trying to portray both of these people as awful. Yeah. And it's very hard to tell. And I don't think that that's serving the writers well when I can't tell. Right. (laughs)
0: Like, I think I should have a clear opinion on this situation
1: that's happening. Because for me, it came off very out of character that Peach would have a written, food diary yeah instead of something that's like digital but whatever sure works yeah um but one of the things is like what is to be assumed anyway when she calls peach is that she's overdosed on something um and then he peach recommends getting this medicine that she apparently has in her cabinet i don't remember what it was called but it's something that would like get it out of her system. Mm -hmm. I, anyways, I don't know. I personally felt very uncomfortable with this scene. I don't know how you felt.
0: Yeah. It was not easy to watch.
1: Yeah. Especially because their intent was to show this like growing jealousy that Joe has between the relationship that Beck has with Peach. Mm -hmm. And they could have done that in any context.
0: Yeah. It didn't have to be like a life threatening, super traumatic way. You know what I mean? Yes, I agree. And, and also yeah. Joe is, like, not believing it. And he's no. like, oh, well, she's clearly faking it, right? It's Peach. Like, we know Peach. And Beck's like, dude, what the fuck, dude?
1: That should not be your first response to no. anything. No. Are you fucking kidding me? Stop. Uh, yeah. I was... It was very weird. Especially because he was, like, there and had to leave. Because Beck... Was staying to take care of Pete. Like, it was a lot of, like, weird tension. Yeah. Out of nowhere, I would say. Um, how do you feel about the end of this episode, though? What fucking part? This ending is, like, 45 minutes
0: long. I know. The ending is a movie.
1: The ending is a movie. So, <sighs> I I hate this idea that he's following her while she runs. Because yeah. it's like, oh, do you just want to tap into people's feet? <laughs> like, great. Right. You did yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, um, but then he he attempts to kill her in such a savage way. He's bad he's at killing. Like rude. Yeah, he's a bad murderer. He's we awful this. at this. And just to fucking do it in broad daylight with like a rock or something. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. It it just seemed bloody unnecessary and room for error which mm, <laughs> um Yeah. So and then we get this like aggressive fight
0: with, yeah uh Paco's dad so like fucking earlier Ron. in the episode we're fucking Ron, <laughs> Ron. We're shit back so this whole time throughout the episode like we're getting a more tense uh situation of Paco and his family life and his home life um meanwhile fucking Joe is not doing shit he's like here's another book is that cool it's like, hey, maybe call the cops or something on, like, this very vi- violent household that's happening right next door of this person you are clearly invested in as a person.
1: It felt very complicit from was an so adult complicit. standpoint. Or at least just, like, fucking
0: say something. I don't know. Like, there's been moments where he's talked to them, but it's just been very targeted, and it just, like, I don't think he's really trying to, like, change anything. Right. It's very bad. Um, anyway, so th- that's this whole thing is happening, and- it gets really bad, and so he comes back, and then like Ron is drunk, and he's like, fu- they're just like fucking swinging at each other. Yeah. And Joe gets his shit kicked in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Which is it's not brutal. funny because Ron sucks, but also it's kind of funny because kind of great. <laughs> Yeah.
1: Yeah, I wasn't really rooting for anyone there. No, except for Paco. (laughs) Except for Paco. Yeah. And
0: Paco's, like, watching this and is emotionally distressed because his two dads are fighting.
1: (laughs) His two dads! Oh, God. His two dads are fighting and it's not a good His shitbag stepdad and his creepy fucking uncle.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) It's just... Yeah.
0: Someone take Paco somewhere else, please.
1: (laughs) For real, though. Like, to me, his, Joe's complacency here yeah. felt very, especially given his experience with the abuse, like, you were seeing some, I expected him to almost, like, be hyper aware of the situation. Yeah. And instead, he's just like, nah, like, I don't, meh, I'll just stay out of it. Which, yeah. again, he's got a sketchy record, so, like, it did, if he would, if it would ever get to the point where he needed to be a, um witness in something. Probably don't want to look too far into the fact that he has a dead girlfriend. Um. Yeah. But still, it just felt like there is a child who is unsafe in their home and you are seem fine with that. Yeah. But yeah, so that was a completely buckwild ending to an episode. Oh god. And then we find out the peaches and dead. Oh, well, yeah. That's <sighs> true Um, cuz he's bad at murder.
0: <laughs> he's His face is bloody as shit, because he just got shit kicked in. And then he (laughs) answers the phone, and Beck calls him. And she's like, oh my god, Peach just got attacked in Central Park in broad daylight with a rock. What the fuck is happening? (laughs) And then she's like, I'm going to the hospital right now to see her. And then he's like, she's alive? (laughs) It's like, way to blow your fucking car. He's
1: so bad at this. That's not how you
0: answer the phone of your crying girlfriend, whose best friend... Got attacked.
1: Yeah. That makes you
0: seem like a murderer.
1: (laughs) That makes you you seem like you did it. Which (laughs) Which you you
0: did. did. (laughs) It's not not slick, Joe. No. Come on.
1: Yeah, he was like, oh no, she's alive.
0: (laughs) Oh, man.
1: That's a real bummer. Oh, wow. Guess I can't wait to go to the hospital when I look like I... Fucking got my ass beaten. Yeah, is he gonna like clean up? How's <laughs> he gonna? Yeah, is he gonna like take care of himself for once? God damn. That's all I want. Damn. Um, <laughs> it's just fucking Joe. Um, <laughs> Joseph. Joe. Um, Joseph. I mean, <laughs> Joseph. <laughs> <sighs> oh, so goddamn like, good. Like, Peach is very much not
0: British, and yet we just keep. <laughs>
1: it's just it will never get old to me it's the only good thing about this fucking tv show it's just peach dunking on joe as much as she possibly can
0: yeah
1: (sighs) okay i don't want to dunk on people anymore i want to talk about the patrons whom we love
0: i would never dunk on any of you i would do
1: it but out of love yeah so that's where i stand on this a positive dunk A love
0: dunk. dunk. Oh. Like a baptism. Uh sorry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, like a little love dunk.
0: (laughs) No, like I get it. (laughs) I understand what you're trying to say.
1: Do you get hey, do you want me to explain the joke a little bit more? Listen, sometimes I say things and I don't think about them, you know?
0: (laughs) A baptism is just a love dog.
1: Isn't it, though? Am I I wrong?
0: I guess. Is the love
1: Jesus? Obviously. (laughs) (laughs) JC, you know, my home dog in the sky.
0: Oh my god, (laughs) throwback!
1: Oh my god. Oh god, my stomach hurts. (laughs)
0: be thinking about a love dunk for weeks. Oh my God. I'm changing your name in my context of love dunk.
1: That's fair. Honestly, it's fair, and I also deserve it. Um, okay, we have so many people on this list. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, um, the first person that I would love to thank... Today is Aaron Salinger, closely Whoa. related to Pete Salinger. Um, so thank you, Aaron, and welcome thank to the family.
0: You. Wow, I love Watsky.
1: <laughs> Same. <laughs> Shout out to Alex Blythe. God damn, that's such a powerful name.
0: Boy, boy, boy! Ten dollar sponsor. Hell yeah. Fuck um, yeah,
1: dude. Fuck Fuck, fuck yeah. yeah. Hell um, yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um shout out to Mary Mooney.
0: <laughs> yeah, baby. Um
1: you are neither pale nor flaccid, Mary Mooney. So thank you. Wow. Oh my gosh. Fucking shout out Joseph. to
0: Taylor Brown Town Lot
1: <sighs> than the Marines, stronger than everyone. She
0: could fight everyone on the planet and they'd lose.
1: She is the true love dunk, you know what I mean? I was going to use that for Simon Steele. Oh, okay. Well, we can't. We can't. We can't. We can't. Fine.
0: No, okay. Taylor Brown, Town is a love dunk.
1: Yes. She's not the love dunk. Okay. Confirmed. Confirmed. Canon. Canon. Put um, that in the wiki. <laughs> update your resumes. Thank yeah. you to Katie Weber. I appreciate <laughs> you. <laughs> um Sometimes I like when I'm sending out our Patreon gifts like I was um, last weekend, I looked at how long Katie Weber has been in the family.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, Katie Weber has been here for a long goddamn time. Katie Weber has yeah. been through some shit with us, Katie. so thank you, Katie Weber. I appreciate you.
0: Uh, rolling with the homies, Katie Weber. Goddamn! Shout out to Simon, motherfucking Steel, Supreme Love Dunk, <laughs> <laughs> Supreme
1: Love. Okay, gotta go. <laughs> oh my god, that's great. That's all I need to say. Style
0: and steel, a great homie, a friend.
1: And a also pal. just a great. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> just one of the greats. Yeah. Oh my god, my fucking cheeks hurt from laughing so much. Um Okay. I have a fan fiction for you today. Yeah. That I pulled myself. Ooh. Um, this fan fiction was published on february 18th of
0: 2009 wow we yep. just hit the 10-year anniversary
1: yes this fan fiction is officially 10 years old this fan fiction could be uh almost great graduating elementary school which is wild um well i'm very happy for it <laughs> this Fanfiction was written by the user Alice Colin Whitlock. All right. <laughs> um, and yeah, okay. the title of this is St. Patrick's Day with Edward and Bella. Right. Uh, the summary is post-breaking dawn, <laughs> Edward and Bella spend St. Patrick's Day together. <laughs> Short and sweet, to the point. All right. Sure. Okay. Okay. <sighs> My thoughts were interrupted by the sound of my names being called in unison. Bella! Mama! I looked up and Edward and Renesmee were standing in the doorway. A second later, Renesmee had leaped onto the bed and had her arms around my neck. I hugged her back and then my eyes darted back to Edward, who was holding a small tray. On one side was a coffee mug and on the other, a single red rose in a clear crystal vase. I looked back and forth between Edward and Renesmee and asked, "'What's the occasion?' "'It's St. Patrick's Day, Mrs. Cullen,' Edward said enthusiastically. "'Since when do we celebrate St. Patrick's Day?' I asked, one eyebrow raised in curiosity. Edward smiled at me. "'Since you have my Irish venom running through your veins,' he said, and then laughed as he sat in the tray in front of me and laid down next to me on the bed, gently taking hold of my hand. I looked down at him and smiled, but before turning back to my cup, it smelled like blood, but... Why is my blood green, I asked, as I looked back at Edward. He looked up, smiled, and said, It's food coloring, you know, for St. Patrick's Day. I said, finishing the sentence for him, Of course, I said, rolling my eyes. And scene. Wow. Do you, uh, do you have the Irish venom running through your veins?
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't, but I do admire its courage, you know.
1: I do, and I fucking hate this holiday, but that's okay, because um, some people like it, and that's fine. Oh,
0: man, you should come to Chicago. This is, like, <laughs> the holiday here. People are drunk at eight in the morning, Ooh. and the river is green.
1: Yep. Uh, that's Edward Cullen's fault. Um, yep. <laughs> canonically. Yep. Um, well, uh, as we say here in Seattle... Mm, get bit. And get whipped. Ooh. Please. Please, God. Ha ha ha